Before we get started, you should probably know that the following podcast contains strong language and conversations of an adult nature. Also, it will almost certainly contain spoilers. Hello and welcome to Strong Language and Violent Scenes, the podcast giving a second chance to films that might not deserve them. I'm Mitch Bain, I'm a lapsed horror writer and an occasional doer of musical things. And I am Andy Stewart. Hello sir, how are you? I'm okay, how are you? I'm good. We are both back from Psychoid Screams. We are, yes, um, yes. Obviously it took you a little bit longer to get back than it did for me. Mm-hmm. I got back on Monday. Yeah. Uh, last Monday, I guess now. Uh, for date stamp purposes, recording this on a Saturday afternoon, circa 1pm. Yep, yep, yep. Um, a great time at Psychoid this year. Yeah, I mean, obviously I was only there for a very short period of time but yes yes excellent time had yeah i have a lot of stuff to talk about for viewing wise kind of because of that and also some other things so let's start with you you've been watching anything this week well uh, why don't we start with something i did see at celluloid screams okay richard stanley's color out of space mm-hmm. yeah okay so the two secret films uh were this and uh, synchronic yeah the new film from justin benson and adam norhead yeah, yeah but uh yeah you were in the theater for uh, the color out of space how did you find it i really really enjoyed it i thought it was excellent okay good good yep mm-hmm. yep i liked it but as you know kind of like lovecraftian things even this which is a little bit lovecraft light in terms of monsters and stuff <laughs> sure uh is not really my thing but there is some amazing stuff in it oh it looks incredible like, yeah yeah that really, really really does i think also though um in the run-up to that being announced as the secret film, I'd watched The Wicker Man twice in the previous 24 <laughs> hours, and uh, I just required no further Nicolas Cage for the day. You had Cage Burnout. I did have Cage Burnout. I didn't know you could get it, but you can. Yeah, you can. Well, uh, yeah, I, I thought it was excellent. and I think the special effects were done by Dan Martin. I believe that's true, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, there's some amazing stuff in there. Yeah, um, he's doing great work, yeah. And actually, quite, I mean, certainly in the early running, quite a measured Cage. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I quite, uh, I quite enjoyed him early on. I thought Jolie Richardson was excellent as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. All, all in all, loved it. Um, yeah. Could have done with it even on an even bigger screen, if I'm honest. I think that yeah, the bigger the better for that. I would yeah. say, and yeah, I think that like the people who loved it kind of all kind of fell on that side of the line as well. Whereas kind of like it's one of those things that you really benefit from seeing in the cinema. Also, it proves that there's hope for me yet because I mean, I it must be the best part of 25 years since Richard Stanley's made a film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> there's time yet. Yes, indeed. Um, away from the festival, anything else you're watching? Um, I got my hands on a couple of new Arrow releases. Um, I'll probably dig into them in greater detail because they. D- <laughs> I don't want to mention my birthday, mm-hmm. but uh, they were acquired as part of my birthday. Speaking of which, um, outpouring of uh, birthday love for you from the listeners. Yeah, it's lovely to hear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's an easy one to remember. That's very true. Yeah, yeah, could be simpler. Yeah, um, but uh, yeah, I got my hands on their new Blu-ray release of An American Werewolf in London. Lovely. And their new Blu-ray release of Clive Barker's Nightbreed. Excellent. Which may be of some interest to you in the coming weeks, given that it is one of the remaining Shockwaves, Shockwaves. 100 films. Yes, it is indeed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, may call in that favour, definitely. Now, I did look into Nightbreed last night, mm-hmm. and I did watch the two-hour director's cut, which is the one that's kind of cobbled together from footage from 
that was kind of uncovered. I think it was previously, it might have been released previously as the Cabal Cut. Cool. Uh, it's, it's excellent. And another unbelievably strong package from Arrow. Of course, hey, we've come to expect no less. And also, while I'm on the subject of Arrow Video, uh, massive thanks to the guys again for uh, providing the giveaway goodies for our live show. Yeah, and a massive amount of great stuff as well. So, yeah, yeah big thank excellent. you for that. Um, okay, so is that about it then? Um, more or less. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if we'll maybe have some overlap, but I'm going to wait to see what you've watched. Um, I have a lot of stuff actually, oh, right. like a reasonable amount to talk about. Um, I don't know. I'm gonna go with actually. I'm gonna touch very quickly on what I did for Halloween. Okay. Uh, not really too much new to say, say about either of them, but uh, basically I watched two films with uh, my flatmate. She chose one. I chose the other. Okay. Uh, so she chose the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Excellent. Which I had never seen. You've never seen it? I have now. I love it. It's the, I also love it. Yeah, I think it's yeah, great. Yeah, I have a massive Frankenfurter tattoo on my thigh. Ah, yeah, okay. Yeah, massive. Um, and at this point, uh, we kind of needed something that was going to be... Um, my other flatmate came home, uh, her uh, husband. Sure, yes. Um, mm-hmm. Who is not a huge horror guy, but wanted to watch something with us. Hi to Dan and Tara. Hi to Dan and Tara. <laughs> um, I... Uh, opted for I was going to go with Us okay uh, mm-hmm. but then when Dan came in I kind of modulated my selection down very far down in terms of the horror stakes because we watched what we do in the shadows alright oh, okay yeah well uh, I mean it's still excellent it is still excellent and it got the laughs that it it should did you ever finish the series? no Ah, uh, you should. I will. No, I'll get there. I'll get there. You should. But yeah, that was my that was my Halloween, which was kind of fun. Okay. Also, I want to talk a little bit about some stuff that I saw at Celluloid Screams. I was going to say I don't really want to talk about the stuff that I didn't like, but also just I didn't really see much that I didn't like. I mean, yeah. um, the lineup was great this year. I mean, the only thing that I missed that I hadn't seen at Fright Fest was the Golden Glove, yeah. which I missed because we were recording a mini-sode straight after the live one. Yeah, and I, I heard some stuff. I heard it was uh, pretty rough, tough going. Pretty heavy going, yeah, from, uh, from what I've been told. People generally think it's pretty good, though, I yeah. think. Mm-hmm. Uh, seems to be the consensus. Uh, yeah, the only thing that didn't really land for me was uh, Outback. Right. Just, uh, the couple that kind of got stranded in the Outback. Sure, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah I, wasn't, uh, I wasn't too sold on that. I just uh, I didn't really care. And like one of those films where it's like you, you meet the characters and you never start caring. Right. Okay. Was that. Um, but yeah, apart from that, everything was pretty great. I was, so I'm just going to quickly shoot through my top three. Um, oh, I like this. So uh, at three, Little Monsters. Right. Closing film. A Forsyth's film. Yep. Yep. Uh, I've seen this a lot of fun. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Zombie comedy. Um, Lupita Nyongo starring. Uh, also starring Josh Gad, doing good work here. Yes. Uh, best known as Olaf from Frozen. <laughs> right. Uh, amongst other things. Um, yeah, I thought this was really fun. Uh, I kind of th- I kind of thought I was done with zombie comedies. I thought that last year, and then on the apocalypse happened, and I thought that this year, and now this has happened. Yeah. Uh, it's coming to Sky Cinema next week, actually. Yeah, it's a pretty charming little film. It is, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's not perfect, but it's fun. And also, I would say, like, I would say the joke's surprisingly edgy in places. Yeah, no, I would absolutely agree. Particularly the stuff that's coming from Josh Gad. Very much so. Yeah, um, yeah. And the the kind of second act. Yeah, but no, like cool film, really charming. Uh, like and you say. one thing I would say though, not a massive amount of, not a massive amount of zombie action. I guess not. No, it's very charactery. It's very kind of like it's yeah. very to do with what happens once they kind of barricade themselves in there. Yeah, in I the, mean, uh, like, I feel they could have had a bit more fun with the zombies. That's probably true. Yeah. Um, also, Extraordinary Irish Comedy. Yes, yes, indeed. Um, directed by Mike Ahern and Enda Lohman. Yep. Uh, this is really, really good. So this was a woman who has supernatural abilities, must uh, save a possessed girl. Though driving instructor Rose has a love-hate relationship with her abilities, she decides to help Martin and his daughter Sarah. 
really really charming again i think that and um, we talked about this on the minisode when we previewed celluloid we said that when they book comedies they tend to know what they're doing mm-hmm. uh with the two here that was no exception both of them are great um also will forte here as the singer christian winter is uh-huh. absolutely hysterical I love so will forte. he's <laughs> so funny honestly and uh yeah i thought so i thought that was great also on the subject of comedy at celluloid um we bonus before Little Monsters, we got the first episode of season two of Wellington Paranormal. Oh, how was it? Hilarious. If you oh, like really? the first, yeah, if you like the first one, then uh, no reason that you won't love this. It's a, very much in the same vein and very, very funny. On the horror comedy thing as well, um, Patrick Bryce's Corporate Animals was in there. Oh, yes, so it was. Yeah, that was quite did fun. You, yeah. yeah. What did yeah. you make of that? That's pretty good. Yeah, it's, it's 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 not nearly as striking to me as Creep and Creep Two are. But that's not really what he's making. Right, yeah. Here. It's, okay. um, it's, it's a kind of very breezy horror comedy. It's quite easy to get caught up in. Yeah, it's fine. It's good. It was it was a closer one night. I forget which night, but it was a closer and it worked in that slot. Right, for okay. sure. Excellent. However, my favourite film of the festival, and I think probably my favourite film of the year, uh, I would say, uh, Jeremy Gardner and Christine Stella's After Midnight. I'm extremely jealous that you've seen this because I've been banging the drum for this film for quite a long time. I actually cannot believe how good this is. Oh really? Yes. So oh, I'm really, um, really jealous that you've seen it. So it's kind of, it's kind of like um, one part monster movie, four part relationship drama. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, and basically, what you have here is uh, Jeremy Garner, who plays this character, who's a hunter who lives in this big house in the woods with his wife slash girlfriend, played by Bria Grant. Yes, yes, indeed. Mm-hmm. And uh, she very abruptly leaves one day. He just wakes up and there is a note that says, just says that she has to go away for a while. And while she's gone, so the film cuts between the early days of the relationship and now, and uh, every night while she is gone, his home is visited by this monster. It's basically, yeah, it plays out mostly, as like I say, as a kind of very character-driven indie drama with a monster element. The way those things ultimately come together is unbelievably rewarding and so smart. And also I think that, much in the style of the battery, actually, towards the end of the third act of the film, there's a 14-minute unbroken shot. Yeah. Um, which is just a conversation between two people. And, yeah, After Midnight is the best film I've seen this year, and that's the best scene I've seen in anything this year. Wow. Also, it's, it's, uh, Hen- Henry Zabrowski from Last Podcast on the Left's in there. Absolutely hilarious in it as well. <laughs> um, yeah, he's so, so great. Gen- genuinely, like, I don't want to say too much more about it because I feel like beyond that premise, I think yeah. that the less you know going in, the better because um, where it eventually goes is so smart, but it's got so much heart as well. It's really, I just can't say enough good things about it. I, I don't know if you count it as a 2019 or a 2020 release, but it'll be film of the year, which I, whichever year you choose. Holy shit. I would say. Wow. I like, I, I, yeah, I loved it. I just absolutely loved it. So wow. moving away from Celluloid... Um, and into some slightly more negative territory. I um, I watched the final episode of Creepshow. Uh, so uh, <laughs> got that got that monkey off my back. Um, yeah, well, it's been renewed for a second series, so you can do this again next year. Oh fuck it, I'll do it. Why not? Um, <laughs> so uh, anyone who listens regularly will know that uh, it's been a little bit hit and miss for me. Yeah. Mostly miss, I would say, um, to varying degrees. I think that the only segments really that I could see myself revisiting are David Bruckner's ones. Okay. Um, so this week was the final episode in season one. And uh, so you had two stories here. The first was uh, Skin Crawlers. Okay. Directed by Roxanne Benjamin. So you have here uh, this kind of, uh, this doctor who has this key to fat loss, which is this medical fat-sucking leech. Sure. I really didn't like this. Okay. Um, so basically you have this guy, you know, a couple of people who come in to be test subjects, uh, one kind of backs out, the other doesn't, and it goes in kind of dark territory after that. I kind of assumed that it would be making some sort of commentary on how vacuous 
kind of or how superficial these kind of industries can be mm-hmm. and things like that i suppose it does do that but it's so incredibly shallow <laughs> um, it's got like it's it's got it's got nothing really of substance to say it's a kind of like oh bad things are bad kind of moralizing and i think right. it's, it's really dull dialogue is ropey uh effects are okay uh this no this this it's it felt <laughs> cheap and it just i don't know i kind of I've, i wished it had more to say and it just had almost nothing Cool. So then the whole series then is rounded out, presumably, by Tom Savini. Uh, yes. Yeah, that's right. With um, an adaptation from a Joe Hill short story Okay. by the Silver Waters of Lake Champlain. And how was that? Uh, so what you have here is a fairly by-the-numbers monster story where you have this uh, young girl who's in this kind of broken home situation whose dad devoted her life to the search for this monster, uh, this kind of Loch Ness-type beast. Sure. So she kind of goes after it to try and honour his memory. Uh, much to the chagrin of her mother and her one-dimensionally evil new partner. Right. Um, yeah, this was uh, this was fucking terrible as well. Actually. Oh my god! <laughs> I, 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 I I really hated this too. Um, I also I, I has really annoying things to me, like script things that shouldn't slip through the net. Like okay. uh, somebody at one point says, people will pay through the teeth to see this. You either lie through your teeth or pay through your nose. You don't pay through your teeth. That's not an expression. Like, and it's little things like that. I just like I think that I I genuinely think that kind of things like that are inexcusable. Okay. But the, but there are much bigger, much more significant things wrong with this. So uh, Creepshow ending on a whimper for me. Oh um, dear. And yeah, I think that overall, I think that I can now say, looking back, that um, I think that it's a bad series. Wow. Uh, which is disappointing. And I will go back next year because it's such a shallow demand on your time you know, 45 <laughs> minutes a week you know it's like I, like I, I watched this week's one while i was getting ready for work well let me tell you i still haven't got on episode two have you not and i'm i'm, I'm not i'll be honest with you mitch i'm not kind of rushing to do that having heard uh, i guess your many reviews every week and having heard similar whispers from other people whose opinions i trust mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah yeah no i would say trust that instinct i mean by all means go and find out for yourself but i would say Based on what I know about you and what you like, I would say that you'll probably come out the same way. Okay. One more thing. Sure. Uh, I, wow. I, I, I know. I watched Rattlesnake last night. I mentioned it last week on the streaming platform. It did, yeah. Coming to Netflix. Yeah. So you have a woman here. Uh, so it's Netflix original film. Uh-huh. Uh, you have a woman here whose daughter is bitten by a rattlesnake when their car is stopped slash breaks down in the desert. Uh, she is panicking, obviously, because her daughter has been bitten by a rattlesnake. Um, Scary. A, um, a spooky woman intervenes and saves her from the snake bite, but the other side of that coin, the kind of uh, the, the quid pro quo, if you like, is that she has to now kill a man before midnight. Okay. So for me, an idea that I think functions best possibly as a short... <laughs> sure. Uh, because, because what I assumed would happen would be a longer version of what happens in Drag Me to Hell when uh, Christine w- realizes that she can break the curse by passing it on to someone. Yeah, and she kind of looks at co workers and stuff like that. And, yeah, and strangers yeah. and stuff like that. And ultimately, she realizes that she doesn't have any to do that and she tackles it head on herself. So, what I assumed would be that you get a feature length stretch out of that. Yeah. Uh, so, spoiler tags, I'm going to talk about where Rattlesnake ultimately goes here. So, skip ahead a couple a couple minutes if you are going to check this out for whatever reason. Um, but, yeah, basically, I assumed that she would be wandering around this kind of desert in this little village that she's found, this little town, looking for people and trying to find someone who's deserving of this fate. Yeah. yeah. After she realizes this is the case, she walks into a bar and the third person that she meets, the first being a bartender, the second being a woman who's drinking in the bar, the third being her husband. 
right. is this unbelievably one-dimensional, grotesquely unlikable, probable physical abuser. Sure. And it's like, okay, cool, I guess she's going to kill him then. And literally the rest of the film was just a long-form thing of her kind of humming and haying about doing that. Or, I'm going to go out on a limb and say she does... I couldn't possibly speculate. I could, <laughs> but I'm not going to. Uh, yeah, no, this was uh, this was pretty poor. Like, oh, man. I, I really didn't like this. I um, Yeah, no, I think that some of the Netflix original stuff that I've been catching up with recently, like Fractured and stuff like that, I think has been pretty solid. But then on the other hand, I've watched things like Wounds, which I really didn't like. Yeah, so it's a mixed bag, obviously, mm. and you never really know what you're going to get with uh, Netflix originals, like a box of chocolates. But um, <laughs> yeah, uh, no, this didn't do it for me, and I actually think that it's also it's the wrong kind of bad. Raw. Mm, okay it's, it's, it's just boring. So it's not even fun yeah, yeah, yeah no there's like very little fun you can have with it although i watched it with uh, my girlfriend hannah who is a snake expert and uh in the first like 15 minutes or so i think she was quite enjoying the snake inconsistencies and watching it with an expert was good and a video maniac yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and a video file oh. oh i know no I, i'm gonna retract that was a lover of snakes <laughs> well, uh, moving swiftly on yeah. uh, so i said i had uh, i said that that was my full viewing for this week but i did have one more thing obviously your eyes have been busy sir no. yes he sure does we are in single figures oh. number 91 oh. bread frankenstein oh okay uh, excellent yeah. amazing great like, yeah. as you know i think that like um my kind of struggle threshold seems to sometimes be the further back you go with these things which uh, i think is something that is kind of being worn away by this did touch on this a couple of weeks ago yes yeah, yeah, you mentioned it i um and uh yeah and i think that this is another good example of the kind of ice melting between me and films from that era which is something that should have happened a long time ago so, i think so yeah, yeah. pretty inexcusable yeah I agree. <laughs> so uh yeah pretty happy about that and, excellent um, yeah like I say just uh just just the nine i believe to go and one of them, as we know, is Nightbreed. Yeah, yeah. Plenty of good stuff still to come. What have they been saying? Feedback time, and well, they've been saying loads this week. That's been a busy old week. Yeah, yeah, loads and loads of stuff. So a big thank you to everybody for getting in touch on that this week. Um, a lot of people coming out and talking about the live show. So, um, <laughs> as you may have missed, have you been living under a rock for the last little while? Uh, we did do a live show at Celluloid Screams last Friday. Yes. Which uh, I don't mind saying that I thought went pretty well. <laughs> we do say so ourselves. No, I had a great time. Yeah. I had yeah. a really great time. And uh, turnout was bigger than we expected. So big thank <laughs> you for that as well. Um, and yeah, a few people getting in touch and just kind of talking about that. So uh, Caitlin. Yes, of course. Uh, who was very nice to meet again down there. Yep, in uh, the room. Having, yeah, having met her for the first time at Fright Fest. It was nice to meet her again. Uh, great episode of Strong Violent PC. I still think the Wicker Tree is at least passable, although I'm not going to say that in front of a room full of people. Disagree. Strongly, <laughs> would, dis- strongly disagree. I haven't seen it. I'll have to get to it. It's I've got point. it here. You could, uh, We could watch that one night when I'm feeling particularly masochistic. Okay. <laughs> uh, Scarebear at Scare158Steve oh, getting yeah. in touch to say, Hilarious dissection of the dreadful... Sorry, guys. Remake of The Wicker Man. And Strong Violent PC Live by Watch Files Mitch and Andy Make Stuff. Also, I got an Anna and the Apocalypse book. Ah, so you did. Yeah, you lumped that in with the prize bag, didn't you? I did, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Very yeah, s- sneaked that into the Arrow video goodie bag to get it out of my house. <laughs> <laughs> Very cute indeed. Uh, Darren underscore Gaskell, Dark and Ghastly. Just been to the Strong Violent PC Live episode. Can't wait for you all to hear it. Was laughing a lot, especially the bit about the funeral. We'll say no more till after it airs. It's out there now. Yeah, I've there. had some uh, positive feedback about the funeral. Yeah, yeah. But not from any family members of the person whose funeral I was attending. No, I wouldn't imagine so. Uh, uh, you did, you did have the class not to name them. 
I did, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Camp Chris Salt Lake ah, at Oblong Pictures. Another guy it was great to meet this weekend. Yeah, actually. amazing. Uh, quite an experience. The thing that doesn't come across on the studio-bound ones is all Andy's interpretive dances. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. You were uh, you were going for it pretty hard on the interpretive dances. Yeah, I'm always moving. Yeah. I'm always moving. A really lovely one from Sandy Gotrit here, Sandy75Mars, who it's always lovely to see as well. Today started with the live recording of Strong Violent PC's podcast. What first Mitch and Andy make stuff are so great at this. It was a joy to be there. Thank you so much. Ah, there we go. That's lovely. Dave, insert spooky pun here, Cooper at deluxe underscore man getting in touch about The Wicker Man. Mm -hmm. To say, the best unintentional comedy film ever made. I will stand by this and fight anyone who says otherwise. Me too. Killing me won't bring back your damn honey. And how'd it get burnt? I don't know. I think uh, killing me won't... I think killing me won't bring back your goddamn honey is a massively underrated line of dialogue in that. I think like it's much funnier than people give it credit for. Um, on the subject of the Wicker Man slash the live show, actually, as well, there was a, a general kind of like outpouring of positivity about the fact, not so much about the show, although people were very nice about that as well, yeah. but just about the fact that um, afterwards, and I do want to touch on this because it was lovely, um, afterwards, a lot of people, kind of listeners who hadn't met before and didn't know each other before without the podcast and that kind of thing, uh, started hanging out, having a drink together, and all that kind of thing this week. Yeah, that uh, which was lovely. Yeah, I mean, I I wasn't there for all of that, but it was I, I saw a lot of it, and it was incredibly gratifying and really touching to see people uh, to see this daft podcast having brought people together like that. Yeah, and I mean, like um, and uh, Dave Shakes and uh, Stevie Reeve were talking about it on Twitter, yeah. and uh, they were hanging out over the weekend, and Darren got in touch. Uh, I think that generally we we're talking a little bit about the community that sprung from it on Twitter, and he said, "I'm proud to be a part of that community. My feedback on the films may often be gritty, but I've got nothing but love for the podcast." family oh i've got one other thing about the live show that i want to just touch on uh-huh. now you may recall in the q a portion of the live show uh, andy mccarton i believe posed the question as to whether or not the bear suit at the end of midsummer had been directly inspired by <laughs> neil the butes the wicker man yes i believe it was andy yeah um well stevie reeve funny that we mentioned him a second ago got uh-huh. in touch um he has um he's drawn a diagram here uh <laughs> Excellent. It's a triangular diagram that um, connects not only the Wicker Man in Midsummer but also Mandy. Go on. Well, I'm going to. We can see from here that Midsummer and the Wicker Man are directly related by the bear suit. Yes, of course. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the Wicker Man and Mandy are directly related due to the fact that Nicolas Cage is in both. Correct. Yeah. However, he's also said that Midsummer and Mandy are connected by the pyramid towards the end. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. So ah. there you go. Yeah, world building. Yeah, oh, I love a shared universe. Yeah. As you know. Uh, a couple more from me. Uh, Dr. Lauren getting in touch at Norton Goth on Twitter. Sure. Uh, she's talking about Creepshow. <laughs> as we for, be fun. As we, for the last time in 2019, dump on Creepshow. Um, <laughs> I, bet, I bet it's not. Lauren says, totally agree with Mitch about this week's Creepshow. This week's obviously, I mean, last week's yeah, talking true. about the Curse of the Monkey's Paw. Uh, the problem with any Monkey's Paw story is that nothing will ever be as good as the League of Gentlemen Curse of Carrot Poor segment of their Christmas sure. special. Yes, yeah. Uh, reasonable. And uh, yes, I would say certainly not topped by the Monkey's Paw story that is in Creepshow. So <laughs> uh, Dave Shakes at the Shakes72 got in touch to just say, uh, slept through the last two thirds of Wounds. I mean, that's reasonable. Uh, so need to watch it again. You can. No, it's certainly a film that's yeah, available. No requirement to do so. Inexplicably woke to find the latest Strong Violent PC playing on my phone unprompted though. Creeping in your feed. Yeah, about as spooky as my Halloween got. I see. Okay. 
Okay. Yeah. Well, thanks for getting in touch, Dave. And really nice to meet you this weekend also. Excellent. Yes. Um, so, I have a couple more. Uh, Dave Cooper, one more time. He was catching up with the Nightmare Beach Andy vs. Mitch episode. Oh, shit. Yeah. Uh, said, your description of how bike leathers look made me laugh my head off. That's part of the many reasons why I wear Kevlar and not leather when on my bike. To be fair, I don't mind. Like, we were talking about, we weren't talking about people looking silly when they were on bikes. Just saying that skulking around being a serial killer when you've got bike leathers and a bike helmet on. Not so much. I'm going to still say it. I think there's something intrinsically stupid looking about somebody in in motorbike leathers. I'm not saying a fucking word. Those people are scary. No, not those guys. Not like bikers. (laughs) Not bikers. They're scary. Yeah. Yeah, but they're out there in their denims. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Trailers. Moving swiftly on. Um, Final Destination 3. Fuck. Um, To wrap things up from me, uh, Kim. Catching up on that one. Right, finally. Yeah, about um, fucking time. Wicked Sister 69. Just listen to the Final Destination 3 episode of Strong Violent PC with writer Gabriel, and now it's one of my favourite episodes. Wow. Nice to hear. Uh, such a cool delve into the film and the whole series. Really interesting and funny, which is always my favourite. Thanks very much, Kim. I agree. I really enjoyed that conversation, and Gabe came in with a lot of franchise knowledge. Yeah, and uh, Kim, welcome back. Hello! <laughs> That's just about it for me, I think. I've got one thing. Okay. Uh, Gary J. Hewitt at Hewitt G Pro got in touch to let us know that uh, he's still way behind, but he's a sucker for the Carrie remake. Ah, good it man. Has his vote for... Good man. That's uh, what I'm talking about. I don't know about that. Right, okay, so feedback wrapped. Yes. Well, it is once again time for Mitch's Pitches. Mitch's Pitches is a feature on the show that is designed to exploit my ignorance for your entertainment. While we're recording, Andy will send a picture to my phone. It'll be a poster from a horror film from years gone by. He'll have photoshopped out the title and the tagline, any identifying text. He'll leave only the image. It will be my job to describe the image to the best of my ability and to, where possible, give the film a title and a synopsis. We'll put those everywhere so you can join in at home, which many of you have in yeah. the last week. And we do actually have, um, we have a couple, I guess. We've got a, kind of a, a doubler. We um, do have a doubler, yeah. We have the standard Minnesota one, as you've come to expect. But we also released the one from the live episode, which we did the other day, which was, of course, Night Beast. Reappropriated by me as unidentified prying objects. <laughs> um, and a few people got in touch with um, uh, pitches on this one. Uh, just, uh, just a handful. Uh, Darren Gaskell, a murderous alien visits Earth intent on wreaking bloody havoc, but soon discovers that the horny inhabitants of the small town he's landed in are all constantly at it. Instead of wiping out the population, he secretly records their bedroom activities and returns home where he sells the recordings on the burgeoning exotic porn market. Sure, yeah. It's not yeah. long before the surrounding planets are clamouring for more product and he has to make more and more trips back to Earth. <laughs> and there are other more unscrupulous aliens enviously looking upon his business and ready to make a killing in all senses of the word. It's a battle for a solar system of sizzling smut in 1985's Galaxy of Grot. <laughs> Chris Salt going a little bit off book. Bit of a weird choice, but I know you guys like to mix things up for the live shows. Uh-huh. This is from the press bag for the rarely seen episode of Inside the Factory, <laughs> where Greg Wallace and Sherry Healy paid a visit to the Cheltenham Ready Breck plant to find out how they produce the famous glow. After reviewing the preview tapes, Ready Breck's marketing people went into meltdown and withdrew their permission, and the show was never broadcast. Wow. <laughs> Strong. C.P. Buckley. While filming a scene for his latest masterpiece, John Holmes has sex with a woman, (laughs) the set is disturbed by an alien invasion. The intergalactic voyeurs have come to take tips from the porn legend. But when he refuses to help, they threaten to destroy the world. Now John must fight the aliens until the inevitable climax, wink, and save the world. It's the 1983 sci-fi horror porn comedy, You'll Come in Pieces. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, Tony. All right, okay. 
when amateur filmmakers Nicky Dixon and Dickie Nixon decided to make a <laughs> poorly considered documentary about the fabled troglodyte of intercourse Pennsylvania <laughs> things take a sinister turn when the creature actually turns up to the film's premiere learning that the creature from their feature is actually schizophrenic burns victim retired graphic designer and part-time inventor Chubby Foreskin <laughs> Nicky and Dickie quickly discover that the demented Chubby is not as enraged with the film's portrayal of him as he is with the fact that the borderer in the film's poster is incomplete. <laughs> Fuck off. Using his patent-pending cretin melter, Chubby begins to dissolve down the premier guests into human paint in order to complete the artwork. Now, the only person that can stop him is bumbling, mild-mannered projectionist Bernard Crankshaft. <laughs> For some reason, in 1988's fourth-wall-breaking, broken, mind-numbing meta-nightmare, borderline personality disorder... <laughs> the inconceivably incomplete poster of Chubby Foreskin. <laughs> oh, oh, well. Uh. So, uh, for round one of the pitches this week, then, uh, best pitch and best character name? Uh, best pitch to Tony. Borderline personality disorders clip. And uh, best character name for Chubby Foreskin. Fair play. Yep. No, happy with both. Uh, so, Tony, you win what could be uh, the first two and what could be a rake of nothing. Because it is time to turn our attention to round two. Yeah, last week, uh, The Baby. The Baby, reappropriated by me as Rock'em Sock'em Chop'em, I believe. Yes, sure. Um, <laughs> Fucking hell. So, uh, I'm just going to go straight in with Tony again. Okay. Uh, when dyslexic soon-to-be mother Marigold Butterfingers accidentally <laughs> builds her sleeping husband Bertie into an Ikea cot, he reckons the next day to find himself covered in blood and unable to escape from his flat-pack prison. <laughs> okay. Suspecting foul play, Bertie calls the only man who can get him out of the situation. Ikea customer services representative and part-time woman psychologist Tucker Flapsback. <laughs> That's the name that keeps on giving. <laughs> now Bertie must take up arms and defend himself from his increasingly irrational wife until Flapsback can crack the Flapback man trap. In 1975's misogynistic misfire, Baby Caught Pack. The unfathomable flatbacking of Bertie Butterfingers. <laughs> Kevin Matthews, diapers will fill with this infant-centric anthology horror that provides postnatal fatal frights in the bizarre 1977 anthology Tales from the Crib. (laughs) I like that a lot. I like that a lot too, yeah. Uh, Caitlin, Tim Whineyman spends a lot of his time (laughs) online primarily correcting women. As his obsession continues, he finds himself losing some of his adult functions, almost like he's aging in reverse. (laughs) As the process continues, his next well actually may be his last in Mantrum the movie. (laughs) I love it. like that quite a bit. Uh, Chris Salt sent one in insisting that I wrap it. I'm not going to. Um, Why not? (laughs) You'll you'll all know. Okay. He likes fit birds and he cannot lie. You other brothers can't deny. When a girl turns up and some itty bitty lace gets a hand axe in the face, it's hip hop horror comedy, baby caught hack. <laughs> Andrew Marshall, semi pro geek. During a session of babysitter roleplay, fetish call girl Iva Wet One blows away her client Johnson Rim Job. <laughs> After he attacks her with a hatchet. When he's reanimated by his denied lust, Iva must beat him off by completely whacking his tally in 1970's Deadwood. Oh. <laughs> Pretty good. 
Honey underscore Ray. I want to shout out to Honey, by the way. I think I said this last week. Always in really quick. Yeah, oh, I. Yeah, um, lightning. With something really strong. Little baby Billy isn't so little anymore and is out for blood after accidentally ingesting some formula tainted by a cult of demon worshippers in 1973's Baby Boo. <laughs> That's pretty good. I got fright there. And finally, C.P. Buckley. Sure. After hearing about an escaped murderer's escape <laughs> from a nearby prison, teenager Holly Chester returns home from a Halloween-themed slumber party to find her house has been broken into and her parents are dead. Oh, no. She checks on her infant brother, but instead finds the homicidal housebreaker dead in the baby's cot and the baby gone. Sure. Not for long, though, as she's soon attacked by the insane infant voiced by Armin DeSante. Big fan of Armand <laughs> Now Holly must escape the house and stop her baby brother's murderous rampage. It's 1975's Killer by Baby. <laughs> wow. So uh, another great patch of uh, pitches. Fucking there. hell. Yeah. That was, that was so good. Some amazing name work in there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, best pitch out of that crop. Uh, I'm going to give it to uh, Andrew Marshall. Andrew Marshall. Okay, very good. And I'm afraid I can't see past Tucker Flaps back. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> That's okay. So, uh, Tony and Andrew, congratulations. You win nothing, some more than others. Yep, Andrew uh, stopping Tony from having a clean sweep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But strong stuff all round. Big well done again, everybody. Uh, So, to business then. You've got one for me then. You ready? Okay, here we go. Here it comes. Mm, Oh, God, okay. Through the ether. Right, 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 right. Oh, wow. Simple enough. Okay. Yeah, yeah, not too much going on here. So, um, just zooming out. Oh, yeah, there is a border. (laughs) It's white. Plain white. Background of the image is black. Uh, we have in the background of the image a human eye. Well, at least I'm assuming it's a human eye. We Did have you care to comment on the color of the iris. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's, it's 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 a kind of it's it's a kind of a, it's like a blue gray. <laughs> sure. Thank okay. you. And on the I'm assuming that the right hand side of the image is where all the text is. Yes, you're correct. Um, Absolutely. and on the left hand we have a human hand. Looks like a kind of looks like a male hand, or certainly have kind of like a masculine and kind of vascular hand. Um, holding a woman in a pink nightgown with blonde hair but she is uh she kind of she looks like she looks like she's a candle she is cut co- she's covered in wax that is kind of melting down her head and chest wax eye eh? <laughs> hi is it wax eye yeah 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 definitely <laughs> and sure. um also like yeah there's a there's a light above her head as though she is a candle in the candle could it lit. not be semen with one large drip Yes, to, of course. That's what you, of, of course, that's what you meant, Andy. Fucking hell. <laughs> um, so, um, yes, uh, masculine-looking hand holds woman turned candle while blue-gray eye looks on. Sure, I will as ever need a moment. You got it. Did we already thank everyone's screams for having us back? If we didn't, we should definitely do it now. I'm pretty sure that we did. But um, yeah, big thank you to everybody. Yeah, to Rob and Polly and Lucy and the team. Yeah, um, and we would love to come back and do it next year if you would let us. <laughs> hey, if you take us, we'll come back again. No problem. Yeah. In the meantime, I think I've got this. Okay. And in the uh, th- vein of some of the kind of more blue chat in some of the episodes just right lately, I'm going to go down a slightly, uh, slightly, slightly X-rated road for Are this. you about to... Become me? Yeah, potentially. <laughs> just, 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 just briefly, right? Okay, let's okay, do it then. On a dark, stormy night, conman oh. Oliver Swindle and his beautiful but freeloading cousin Miranda Handout think they've found themselves a new mark for their current scam. Setting upon the countryside mansion of sex toy mogul and aspiring pornographer Artemis Perineum. <laughs> 
<laughs> Oliver gives Artemis the pitch on his bogus multiple volume snake encyclopedia monthly subscription service. Meanwhile, Miranda inevitably goes exploring to find any free food or loose change. However, she's not prepared to swallow what she discovers in the basement, a laboratory where Artemis shrinks down humans and repurposes them as sex toy slash candle hybrids. Right, okay. As the door locks behind her and she's trapped with this sexy subject, she only has until the end of the pitch to escape and free both herself and Oliver in 1975's The Moocher, The Faker, The Candle Dick Maker. most unexpected thanks oh wow okay okay Uh, so what is it what year did you say I said 1975 what 1984 okay so pretty swinging pretty wild yeah (laughs) Yeah. and the film is The Initiation The Initiation okay tell me more so this week the synopsisizer uh, is a a newcomer okay cool Um, Matthias Thurason oh nice okay yeah and I just want to quickly say that I did receive a request this week Okay. Um, before I go into my uh, synopsis. Okay. Yes, your synop- uh, with your synopsis voice. My synopsis voice, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, this week, uh, I was asked if I could dedicate this to regular listener Chloe Bestley. Okay. At Chuck's Medina 25. Okay, fine. <clears throat> Here I go. <clears throat> Kelly Fairchild has become a college student and a member of the Delta Rho Chi sorority. During all her life, she has suffered from a nightmare where a man is burning. She meets an assistant professor who can help interpret the dream. The sorority's initiation ritual is a nighttime breaking and entering into her father's department store. <laughs> <laughs> Nonsensical words from Matthias. Like, oh my god, that was so sexy, I almost didn't notice it was garbage. <laughs> uh, is that any good? <laughs> yeah, it's great. Cool. It's actually much better than that. Than, uh, sorry to Matthias, because I'm not convinced English is his first language. Uh, but, <laughs> but you know yeah and uh, also uh, I hope uh, everyone out there enjoyed my, my silky tones mm, yeah you're looking very pleased with yourself there <laughs> uh, that concludes a particularly chaotic Mitch's pitches for this week uh, yeah. the image is everywhere so uh, get pitching get pitching you can top me I know you can do it you always I do I don't know because that's up there for me that's one of the best the I Hall have. of Famer <laughs> thanks very much yeah so streaming platforms streaming platforms not too much going on this week I think everyone kind of blew their wad with uh, Halloween <laughs> so uh, Sky Cinema has nothing as far as I can see genre wise I could be wrong but I couldn't see anything there uh, Amazon Prime just your usual uh, weekly episodes of Mr. Robot and The Purge sure uh, Shudder 7th of November you've got Reborn a Japanese action film a legendary covert soldier with a mysterious past now decides to once again unleash his beast inside of himself to stand up for what he cares about excellent and uh, Netflix I've got to talk about this right so on Tuesday on Netflix you've got The End of the Fucking World Season 2 which is not horror but it's very dark humoured yes so I thought that kind of applies however I believe this is going to be available now as in like as a time of going to air sure because I think we've got another potential secret obsession on our hands. Oh. Um, just on the basis of synopsis alone. Spinning Man. <laughs> when, a young woman is th- when a young woman is thought to be murdered, a married philosophy professor known for having affairs with students is pegged as the prime suspect. Mm, I think he did it. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> I think he might have. <laughs> Almost certain he's the spinning man. <laughs> Pretty sure he's John Spinningman. 
<laughs> uh, that is all for the streaming platforms this week. But uh, yeah, I'm going to just go out on a limb and say that the pick of the week is a spinning man. Yeah, without seeing, <laughs> without seeing it at I, all. I'm just, just flying blind, blind bet <laughs> on the spinning man. <laughs> So moving swiftly on to this week's show, and I'm really looking forward to this. Yeah. I think this is going to be a lot of fun. We have a guest this we week. We do. Yeah. Um, hey. She is the producer of yeah. such films as Cronus and Knucklebones. Hey. It's Laura Barkett McKee joining us this week. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to this. This is a film I've never seen. Yeah, unsurprisingly, same. Uh, she came back with this pretty much instantly. She says it's her favorite bad film ever. She, uh, we've been talking about it a little bit. I think that we're gonna have a lot of fun with this. Worth mentioning as well. It's pretty hard to get your hands on, but I believe it is on YouTube. It's rentable on YouTube. Rentable on YouTube. Right. Uh, I also found out that it stars. Well, it, I don't know if it stars, but it's certainly in it. Presumably, an incredibly young AJ McLean from the Backstreet Boys. Fucking yes, really. That's <laughs> amazing. Okay, so tell us more. But yeah. misery. It's a uh, truth or dare. A critical madness. So this week, Laura Barkett McKee joins us to talk Truth or Dare, A Critical Madness. What's this actually about? <laughs> Do you want me to? I mean, presumably when we actually get to the episode, Laura's going to put it in our own words anyway. Yes, yeah, yeah. But yeah, synopsisizer Josh Paznak uh-huh. on IMDb has this to say. Mike Strawber catches his wife Sharon in bed with his best friend Jerry. He gets mad and takes off to embark on an adventure of murder and self-mutilation and demented games of truth or dare. Yes. Sounds, sounds fucking brilliant. excellent. Sounds brilliant. Yes. Okay. Buzzing. So a real wildcard selection this week. How are you feeling about that? Loads of ways to get in touch and tell us. Facebook and Instagram are Strong Language Violent Scenes. You can tweet us as well, Strong Violent PC, and you can email Scenes at gmail.com. Yes, Mitch, thank you for that, as always. Why don't you jump onto our website, though, strongviolentpod.com, where you can find all that information that Mitch said there and a whole lot more to boot including upcoming live dates as and when they're announced yep. because we're hoping to do some more of these in the next uh, 12 months or so yep uh, there's a bit of it and of course uh, links to our tea Public, which is currently undergoing a sale I believe yeah oh I believe all t-shirts £10 yeah go and, go and snap up some of those bad boys mm-hmm. uh, everything you could need is basically on there and there's obviously loads of places where you can hear us <laughs> well they're all on the website too yeah they are indeed but whatever platform you're using if you're feeling generous go on and drop us maybe a subscription or a like or a rating or a review yeah we've come across some new ones of those just lately and they've been lovely so a big thank you yeah, to and people uh, who are taking the time to do that every review we get on iTunes just kind of opens us up to finding a new audience so it's really useful yeah so it really makes a noise please so, please please give us some reviews yeah that'd be lovely thanks a lot we're Black Friday talking truth or dare a critical madness with Laura Barkett McKee join us then if you can in the meantime don't forget it's better to die a hero than live as food in a world of chuds goodbye bye You've been listening to Strong Language and Violent Scenes with Andy Stewart and Mitch Bain. Strong Language and Violent Scenes theme by Mitch Bain. Production and artwork by Andy Stewart. Find us on Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts and Podbean.